Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Agilisys podcast, the series where we chat to our public sector partners to discuss how digital technology is being used to transform services and drive positive outcomes. My name is Austin Clark and I'm delighted to be your host for this discussion, which focuses on Avon and Somerset Police's journey to become a national leader in the use of data and insight. We'll discuss how this is central to ensuring the right outcomes for the force and its communities, how Agilisys has worked in partnership with Avon and Somerset to support the data and insight-led activity, and find out what data ethics means for the organisation. We'll also share some key takeaways from the journey to date. Joining me for this discussion are John Dowie, Head of Performance and Insight at Avon and Somerset Police, and Kate Hemstock, Principal Data and Insight Consultant at Agilisys. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks, Austin. It's really good to be here. Hi, John. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. So, John, you describe Avon and Somerset Police as a progressive digital and data-driven force. How have you got to this position? Yeah, I think there's a, a few few things, really. So we've we've had a heritage of using data quite extensively throughout throughout the last decade or, or so. So where we, we've always continued to try and place data reporting at the heart of the business to try and drive daily, daily decision making. But we've kind of um, in around 2013, we adopted the use of predictive analytics and clearly wanted to do more with data uh, as um, the growing kind of use cases and, and tools and techniques that were becoming more available on the market. And then we soon invested in a tool called ClickSense, which is an interactive data visualization tool in 2016, um, which really gave us um, a, a bit of kit to do a lot more with how we were working with data. So with that, we started small with a number of um, successful proof of concepts in terms of supporting how we have better insight around our command and control demand and our offender management. Um, and kind of move on to where we are now. We've got quite a big enterprise-wide rollout of, of, of that tool. So data visualization is really at the heart of the organization in terms of how it's, uh, how it's making uh, decisions. Um, so we've got that big deployment, which is there to support um, self-service uh, across a whole range of key data sets and databases to, to, to support business users. And so when we moved from more standard production reporting to a tool like ClickSense, it moved us to like near real-time delivery of interactive insight, which really changed the relationship our staff and people had with data. So it was a real game changer for us. So um, over time, we, we've driven adoption and engagement with, with uh, data, data visualization. And we have a, approximately four and a half thousand users of, of the, the various tools around the organization which is essentially helping business areas see their business uh, data and to use that data to make decisions. So whether you're uh, a PCSO in a neighborhood team or a patrol sergeant looking after a, a team, uh, an investigations DCI, or, or even the chief constable, there is data that is there available to support um, decision-making and oversight only a few, few clicks away. And, um, it's not just analytics that we've we've been on a journey with other technologies and one for example around our use of robotics so um, we, we're, we're increasing a range of um, kind of growing use cases locally that helping to drive efficiencies across some of our processes 
and um, drive key improvements actually within really core areas of policing, for example, crime recording compliance, we, we're doing some work there. So we've been on a general journey of exploiting technology for, for good. Um, I, I guess there is a great, you've got all of this tech, so what? So um, over the years, we've continued to evolve um, how, how we use data and uh, we've had some really great successes in terms of benefits and use cases. And, um, a few of those, um, for example, the work that we did with our uh, with the leadership team in our call center um, to make them as data driven as possible. Uh, that's helped them become um, one of the highest performing police call centers in the country um, at, at the moment. Um, other, other tools helping to instill much tighter grip on, on case and workload management, compliance, so much better capturing of risk or how we update our victims or timely supervisor reviews, how we limit the, the impact of data quality across our systems and so forth. Um, helping the force identify its high risk offenders um, to support referral into management programs and how we empower local neighborhood officers, our local problem solvers to identify problems as they emerge and to profile them themselves to get problem solving activity underway. So it's a whole range of benefits that that um, ability to, to self serve relevant data and we were also graded an outstanding by HMIC FRS, which is our industry watchdog for um, the extent to which we understand our demand. So kind of recognizing that bringing data to life in this way, making it visible and getting under the eyes of, of people closest to those um, business areas was um, is, is a real strength for us. And I think there's probably one, one main factor that has driven um, driven that for us and uh, around the, the kind of investment that we've attracted over time and the progress and the data culture and that's probably um the, the chief executive level support that we've had for um for, for, for this um we've got a history of, of being a progressive force around a number of um, um tech analytics robotics body-worn video our digital channel work and so forth so um, none of that happens unless you've got really great executive sponsorship and buy-in. Um, yeah, that, that's some of my initial initial thoughts. F fantastic. So given these solid foundations, and, and clearly they are very solid in, indeed, what were you hoping to achieve by engaging with Agilisys? Yeah, so whilst we've been on a, a really great data and digital journey, we, we internally recognised that we hadn't taking a holistic look across the full life cycle of data. Um, we didn't have a well-defined data strategy. Um, we've got different ownership and business leads that um, are involved at each stage of that life cycle. So there wasn't a coherent strategy that bound us all together. Um, we probably also recognized that we had a bit of an imbalance where the kind of data explo exploitation end of it, so the shiny whizzy tool um cool tech part of it it probably dominated um over the years probably at the cost of some of the more foundational aspects like you know underlying data management and architecture um additionally data is not just a key enabler for us it also carries a lot of risks so a considerable amount of our corporate strategic risk that sit on our, our risk register linked to data either directly or indirectly 
And um, so whether that's in how we manage data, the ethical use of how we disclose data and so forth. So there's a big um, emphasis around getting it right from that perspective. And, and also data quality is probably one of the largest risks and you know, every organization struggles um, with this. It's a huge and ever present risk for us um, at a strategic level, but also on a day-to-day -day operational level. So mitigating the risk around poor data quality and the impact of that is something that was really prominent in, in, in terms of that engagement because we, we've invested a lot of energy in, in reducing our, our uh, data quality um, issues and risks um, we've tended to take quite a reactive corrective approach to it which has is, is worked um, very well um, however we recognize we need to we need to get smarter here and look to how we can um, minimize and reduce or prevent data quality um, issues emerging from the outset so looking around proactive solutions good better data management um, so this was yeah, a really important factor of that that engagement piece I think probably just finally is that um, like other police forces and organizations, we've got a range of goals and outcomes that we want to achieve. So these are underpinned with our local police and crime plan, which sets out a, a, a number of priorities and goals for us, as well as the national, um, national government-based goals that um, are given to UK policing. Um, we continue to operate in a really challenging um, context as a service um, so financial constraints inexperienced workforce increasing demands and so forth so data being a genuine critical asset we wanted to ensure that our data and how we use it is in the best place possible to help us achieve those goals so in summary we engage with agilisys because we're an ambitious force we want to take a stock take of, of where we are and where we want to go and knowing that data is absolutely going to be central to how we achieve our future goals. Great stuff. So Kate, if I can bring you in here, given everything that the John has, has talked about there, can you tell us more about the work Agilisys did with Avon and Somerset and, and indeed is doing? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the engagement with Avon and Somerset started off with the data strategy piece that John's just described really well there and um, progressed on then to a really specific information governance and data ethics piece of work as well. The intention of the data strategy was to provide a really nice clear assessment of how Avon and Somerset's current state and desired future state in relation to data, um, you know, where, where they were in terms of those. And as John's just reflected, it's about tying this together to cover that whole data life cycle and pull together all those different involved stakeholders as well. So to give that one coherent approach for the force. The strategy also provided tangible examples, which were set very much in a policing context and really specifically in an Avon and Somerset context of what the desired future state could unlock for the force. The intention being that this would enable John and his team and all those wider colleagues to identify and plan out key activities um, to support their ambitions in, in the analytic space, which of course we've heard about from John. Um, so in, in terms of practicalities, we engaged with uh, a large number of stakeholders across the force, which included um, senior officers at so the chief officer group that John's already spoken about and, and staff, um, and of course, frontline officers as well. Um, and we spoke with over uh, 60 people in total across the two projects. Um, John mentioned a, a holistic approach and a, a, the frameworks that we use for data and insight do take that sort of approach. So 
yes of course we look at things like tools and technology and reporting and analytics but we also consider things like information governance how the data is managed uh, leadership skills and that broader uh, data culture that john's mentioned these sorts of areas provide that foundation on which organizations like Avon and Somerset can build those advanced capabilities um, and as you've heard from what John said and, and it's something that John was really really clear about this is really important to Avon and Somerset um, ensuring that the building blocks are properly in place so any analytics programs of work any use cases any development in that in that kind of advanced analytics and digital space are developed on solid ground which then gives the best chance of success in building something robust and sustainable and meaningful. Um, the IG and data ethics review then further bolstered this approach. So it provided the force with really specific recommendations that would allow them to utilize advanced analytic approaches in a proportionate way, having considered and managed any risks from an IG and uh, data ethics perspective. Fantastic. It's clear from what you're saying there that, that people and culture are really at the heart of of the success uh, of, of kind of everything that's going on at Avon and Somersets. But first of all, Kate, can you discuss why the continued investment in people is so important? Yes, of course. Um, so at Agilisys, we specialise in digital transformation, but it's not just about the technology. Um, pivotal to sustainable, genuine transformation are actually our people and, and our ways of working. Um, and uh, I work for a technology company, but I'm actually a total people geek um, and that's my thing. So uh, I'm always going into anything like this and thinking about the people. Um, so before joining Agilisys, my career was in policing and I had a similar role to John. So I was supporting the organisation to maximise um, the value that they could get from their data. Uh, and I learned throughout my time um, that the real key to improving the use of data across the course is the people, as you say, Austin, and you've got to take them on that journey with you. And I know that John talked about this earlier um, when you asked him one of your initial questions um, and he, he phrased it really nicely in terms of uh, helping people to build their relationship with data and insights. And that was a real um, thread that we that we made sure that we ran through this engagement. So. If I give a quick example, if you're developing dashboards uh, like the ones that John's team have been developing in, in Click, you need to get the users involved from the outset. You need to listen to them, capture what they need, focus what you're delivering on the outcomes that they're trying to achieve, um, involving them in the development and testing of the dashboards, then make sure that their feedback really genuinely shapes the end product. Uh, and by doing that, people will take ownership and they kind of go on that data journey with you. It's just so important. Um, and I think that that continued investment in people drives helps to drive that change adoption. So it's real genuine transformation uh, and helps to improve data literacy and that, that broader cultural piece that John spoke about. I think um, it was clear from from what John said already, but Avon and Somerset as a force really do recognise the importance of the broader data culture piece. Uh, and it really did stand out during the engagement. So if I give you an example of that. Uh, the force have introduced data literacy modules as part of their internal leadership um, training program. And there's this clear commitment to empowering officers and staff to make best use of data and take ownership for deriving insights from the dashboards and the other reports that um, teams like John's make available to them. Um, so I suppose in summary, that, that people-focused approach is going to uh, continue to enable Avon and Somerset to deliver genuine long-term transformation to the way that the whole organization values and uses data so john moving on to that that culture aspect in, in more detail it, it 
sounds like there's an incredibly positive data culture across your force from from top down. So how has this helped you to drive some of the data and insight-led initiatives that have, have kind of led to success? We do have an incredibly positive data culture across the force. However, it's by no means perfect. Um, I'm really, really proud of the progress that we've we've made, but we can do more and we will do more as part of the the, the, the wider data strategy work um, that we're talking about today. I, th I think when you have strong executive buy-in, generally that transcends onto the senior leaders within the organization. Um, it, it connects them, it, it, it makes it important to them. And therefore, business leads and ultimately frontline staff become more engaged and it's, and it's an important, if it's important at the top of the organization, it generally transcends um, down. And that's why I think the executive level support is so critical. Um, but really it's having an engaged business lead is where I think the magic stuff happens. So when we're looking how can we exploit data, solutions really do, as Kate was saying, need to be data, need to be um, driven by the business. So done with the business rather, rather than a done to. So for example, my developers will sit down and develop dashboards or models with the business lead sat next to them. So it, it's a really collaborative, um, connected, business-driven um, approach. Developers shouldn't really be sat away in cupboards out of view from the business. We've tried to ensure high visibility and access to the development team. And we've, we've mentioned the importance of data literacy for the wider organization, but I think it is a bit of a two-way street where those data um, practitioners or developers need to have better business literacy and understanding of the context and reasons for what a business lead is wanting to get from the data. Um, so that meeting in the middle then is generally where the best solutions come from. Uh, I, I remember when we first introduced ClickSense to the organization, business leads were really excited by the art of the possible, um, what they could do with their business data in their areas, like really bringing their business data to life. So, you know, we, we had a, a queue of business leads wanting development and support, and it was a really great position to be in. Um, however, the, the flip side of that was a real challenge to service it all. And um, the worst thing is to have to turn away an excited business lead. So um, we, we very quickly switched to uh, a much more agile way of working for that development team. So. Um, introducing minimum viable products, little and often close feedback loops with 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 those um, those um, customers, and it worked. It really worked a treat, and we've refined this over the years. And we've got quite a slick process now how we work with our business leads. Um, that 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 wider cultural piece also links to how we have to collaborate across departments. And Kate mentioned that a little bit um, earlier. So none of the data initiatives that we do would get off the ground without the, the, the DBAs, the app support teams, the analytics developers, the information governance colleagues, and of course the engaged business leaders. So that cross team effort really makes a difference. And all of that is coming from a background of, of a good um, data culture. Where does data ethics fit into all of this? And, and how has Avon and Somerset addressed the issue? So Kate, let, let's get your views first. Yes, of course. Um, so public confidence and trust is is obviously absolutely key in policing and key for Avon and Somerset. Um, there are significant con consequences to using uh, data and analytics. So if we take something like facial recognition in an unethical or an opaque manner, um, 
there have been a number of high profile examples in recent years of organisations, you know, very much in the public eye, often in the public sector, failing to adequately identify and manage risks associated with the use of data. And um, it's really clear that Avon and Somerset were acutely aware of, of these examples and these, I suppose, these risks and their responsibilities in learning the lessons from others where it perhaps hasn't gone as well as it could have. Um, Avon and Somerset, we've, we've heard, we've heard from John that they, they really want to push those boundaries with data. They, they are ambitious, but they also want the assurance that they're doing this in a risk balanced and controlled way with clear articulation and management of any identified risks. And really crucially, absolute transparency for the public and, and invested partners. So there are huge benefits to be had from all of the things that we're talking about, from using data in these ways, from using advanced analytics and digital technologies. But it needs to be trusted for it to be truly effective. So in terms of that IG piece, just really briefly, we, we worked really closely with the legal and compliance team to develop an approach to data ethics and IG that meant Avon and Somerset could explore the uses of data, but have the assurance that it's being done legitimately, safely and, and ethically. One of the key things that we wanted to do as part of the approach was assess the risk appetite for data related risk within the force and really particularly with that chief officer group and John's talked already um, about uh, the, the, the strong executive buy in and, and support and leadership for for everything to do with data in Avon and Somerset. Um, so it's really, really crucial that we, we had those conversations with them as well. And, one of the things that has been really evident um, throughout is, is the strong leadership that John's talked about. The, the chief officer group at Avon and Somerset are visibly aligned uh, on their ambitions and passion for being a data-driven force. Um, as part of the information governance and data ethics review, we, we held a workshop with the chief officer group and we wanted to understand their risk appetite in relation to the use of data and analytics. So while that ambition was really, really clear, they want to be a leader and they, I mean, they are a leader in the data and analytics space in policing. So, you know, they're really, really proud and committed to that position, but they are also incredibly aware and committed to ensuring it's done in the right way with appropriate consideration, scrutiny and controls in place. Um, and I think that recognition and commitment from the Avon and Somerset uh, leadership team is, is absolutely pivotal to their success. That, thanks, Kate. That, that's really interesting. And, and that's kind of clearly a key driver of the success uh, across Avon and Somerset. So, John, are there any other key takeaways that you can share with listeners that, that will help them on their journey? Yeah, I've probably got three key takeaways and going to sound like a little bit of a broken record here, but my top one is that chief executive buy-in and understanding because I can pretty much guarantee that you will not land a successful analytics, digital or innovative program without executive level understanding, sponsorship and buy-in. And what I've found is that you need to not just tell them how great data is and how great things can be and how it can make a massive difference, which we all know as data practitioners you can. Actually, you need to make it strategically and operationally relevant to them. Um, so you need to show them um, and, and actually show them how data isn't a nice to have it's actually a, an imperative now as any organization wanting to be successful and how data can genuinely help drive um, the delivery of goals reduce risk and generally make 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 things better my second takeaway is probably the business lead engagement so data an analytics is is here to help solve problems so 
analytics teams need to get out there and speak with business leads. They need to engage with the business and understand their pain points, their operating context, what goals are, are trying to be achieved. I talked about analytics teams potentially being sat in cupboards uh, and not visible to, to the business. Get them out, get them on a ride along, get them spending time with a core handler to understand how things work, attend those key meetings where problems and opportunities are being discussed uh, or whatever the relevant equivalent equivalents are for your organization. And then it, it, it's building the excitement with business leads because um, the reality is the vast majority of, of people think data is a bit boring, it's a bit dry, yet we all know it's an absolute key enabler for success. So data leaders have a key role here in articulating the, 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 the value of, of, uh, of data. Um, so it's you know, the classic quote that supports that, you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And um, so I do think the business lead engagement is, is really key. And then just finally, my third takeaway, um, and this is becoming an increasing challenge, is, is the actual talent that you have within your organization, the development team and how they work. So attracting and retaining a skilled technical team to deliver all this good stuff is absolutely key. And this is becoming more difficult. Um, this whole area in the job market is white hot. So it, it, that attraction and retention is becoming a challenge. Um, my advice would be to pay people for their technical skills. Um, you know, um, it, particularly in the public sector, we. We, we, we often get hung up about um, pay being linked to how many people you're supervising and so forth. We need to pay people for their technical skill. Um, and, and this area is, is, is exactly um, ripe for that. And I would throw in the agile working with, with how that development, that highly skilled, talented development team work that running your team's agile are probably a key, a key um, part of, of driving success in, in this area. Kate, is there anything you would like to add here? Yeah, so funnily enough, I have three things as well, John. <laughs> I actually have three okay. different things. Um, completely That's agree good. with. It is good. <laughs> so we got six things. So completely agree with um, with John in terms of there was a loads of really people focused stuff in there, and I think I would say before I list my my three things that I wanted to talk about very briefly, um, always put people at the centre of anything like this, any sort of transformation program. Put your people first and at the centre of everything you do. But the three things that I wanted to just touch upon. So I think the first one in terms of Avon and Somerset's success was that recognition that you needed to do the right things to balance those ambitions, John. So yes, you're clearly a thought leader in the space already, um, but you've also taken the time to critically look at the way that you go about it and make sure that the right things are in place. So I think that recognition and that comes through in the leadership as well that you talked about. I think linked to that, those foundations that we've talked about, those foundational pieces. So doing that due diligence to ensure your foundational stuff like your information governance, your data culture, how you manage your data, they're all in place and they're robust enough to then build everything on. So you don't want to build on kind of, you know, shaky ground. Um, and then the last bit, I'm going to just touch upon that ethical piece again. So the ethical side of how we use data and Avon and Somerset, you've really taken the time to pause and reflect on the should we and not just the could we. So if I explain that really quickly, there are, so many possibilities with data and digital nowadays and, and really potentially endless. So we're increasingly in a position where we can do things. We've got the tools and the capability to do things like we can take our existing data and police systems and we can predict which young people are at risk of being involved in serious and organized crime, as an example. So we can do that. We have the, we have the capabilities. We probably have the data. Um, 
but what you've done, John, with your team and, and with your leadership team is recognise the importance of asking those should we questions. So by building that into your approach, um, you're progressing your ambitions in relation to data and analytics for the benefit of the public, for the force, for the wider partners. But you're doing it knowing that you're doing it in an ethical way and you've got full consideration and management of any potential risks. So I think that should we and not could we question is is a really important one. And I think that's you know key to your ongoing success in this space. So, John, the final question is for you. And, and what does the future hold for Avon and Somerset Police with regards to the use of data and your technology journey? Yeah, so clearly progressing the key elements of the data strategy that we now have to genuinely level us up across the board is going to be a clear focus for us. Um, specifically around those people elements, continued focus around the data literacy, and data culture aspects. Um, I, I think if we reflect, policing doesn't happen in a vacuum. So some, some of the most exciting future opportunities, I think, in this space will be how we share data and insights with our partners. So the, the digital, um, the National Police Digital Strategy bakes in a focus around a more public health system approach to how we share data and draw insights from data. Um, this is essentially getting much better upstream views around risk and vulnerabilities of individuals that extend to a, a wide range of data points such as health, education, family status, police call outs and so forth, where the, the key aim really is to use that connected data to help all services be better at identifying need and support. So we've already made great steps with this, especially with Bristol Council, who, who are probably national leaders in this area. Um, and we're currently involved with a very exciting uh, piece of work called the Data Accelerator Programme, which is aiming to bring all of our local authority areas in the Avon Somerset um, um, locality up to a, a, a mature state in terms of sharing data and the insights that that can, uh, that, that can bring. So, I think the future is about early intervention and prevention. And of course, early intervention and prevention is powered by data. So the more shared data and insights we can have that is done in clearly an ethical, transparent and appropriate way, um, the better. Um, and that's where I see the next phase of um, where data goes really for, for, for all public sector, moving to that more public health system approach. And, it, and it's really exciting. Brilliant. Definitely a case of watch this space then with, with lots of exciting stuff going on. John, Kate, thank you ever so much for, for sharing so much terrific insight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of the Agilis' podcast. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. Further episodes from this series can be found wherever you get your podcasts, while there's loads more public sector-specific articles, ideas, case studies and key learnings at agilis.co.uk. There you can also find out about our regular events and webinars that will focus on specific areas of transformation, including data. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to welcome you back very soon.